fashion I am bone rise up ting ting like glittering gold I got fire in my soul rise up ting ting like glitter Hi and welcome to the podcast the podcast edition of the show uh, it's about 115 now later on this afternoon we'll catch up with my friend Maj I don't want to mispronounce her full name so we just call her Maj uh, Maj has been on before. She works at the Lucas County Health Department. I'm going to uh, fire off some questions at her that you may have about vaccinations. Also, you might have seen uh, some stories in the last couple of weeks. Uh, very unsurprisingly, there's been bad news when it comes to opioids. This was pretty much expected, I don't know, eight months or so ago. Uh, and and this is why pandemics, I think you know this by now. And, and if you're a bright person and if you're listening to this podcast, I think you are because we talk about some pretty heavy things here in some pretty um, high levels of intelligentsia, or at least I hope so. But um, a lot of people predicted whatever gains we would have made against any kind of addiction um, in, in 2018, 2019. And we did make small dents, especially against some opioids, not much, but, but just a little bit. Um, we, we turned that arrow which was aggressively pointed upward down just a little bit. Uh, those those gains were lost. Obviously, in a pandemic, uh, people get uh, people get down. They get depressed. They get isolated. They fall back into old bad habits. Um, they lose their jobs. They have nothing to do with their time. They run out of money and they turn to drugs. So Maj will talk a little bit about that. Um, I um, I should and here's your your tease for an upcoming segment. Uh, I should like my new car. Doesn't everybody like getting a new car? I should. So we'll come back to that and we'll we'll start as we do with many episodes with some mental health stuff. So as Alex yesterday posited, yeah, Christopher Harris was dealing with some mental health issues. Uh, last night after we were done the show and the podcast, his mom came out uh, and talked about this. Now, look, uh, I didn't listen to the words. I didn't read every single word. Um, so I'm just going to take it with that. But I don't want to go directly with what she said. Um, it is great that you have allowed me and you have helped me break the stigma of uh, of people not managing their mental health. Um, it has become much more a part of the dialogue. And many more people, thanks to what you let me talk to you about, and thanks to so many others who are willing to speak up uh, about their problems. Because again, I can't, I can't fix you. I can give you some things to help yourself, and we'll come to that shortly, that you may or may not have heard me talk about before. All I endeavor to do is to help you smash down that stigma so you can get the help you need or get your friends or loved ones to the help they need. Um, So we have really smashed down and erased a lot of the stigma about mental health. It's not such a foreign concept anymore. It's great to see athletes talking about it. It's great to see entertainers, people who have a much, 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 much higher profile and farther reach than me who can help break this stigma. And we're really taking it into account now, and that's great. I suspected something like this might happen. Um, Nothing is ever all good, and I'm certainly glad we're here where we are as opposed to where we were, where... Uh, people like me and others would be called, oh, you're crazy. Oh, you're a lunatic. Oh, it's just in your head. Oh, you're making it up. Oh, you'll get over it. All that nonsensical shit. So we've we've done a great job moving past a lot of that. Not completely, because there are still those people who don't buy it, believe it, or just tell you, oh, you'll get over it. doesn't work like that. I can't snap my fingers. And we'll come to more of that with the book that I began and a book you might have heard me talk about before. But there is some bad um, with the prevalence 
of the mental health discussion. You got a lot of people now self-diagnosing. People did this in the past, but now it's, oh, I'm bipolar. Oh, I'm borderline. You know, the usual stuff. Just how people would look up on WebMD and diagnose, oh, I, oh I've got this incurable cancer. Hold on, hold on. No, you don't. Um, with awareness comes some, some potential black holes you can fall into. Um, Dad, I'll have to call you back. And some of these black holes are people are self-diagnosing and getting inside their own head where maybe you don't, maybe you do have depression. Maybe you are, are suffering some form of bipolar like I do. Or maybe we really just need to polish up some of your coping mechanisms or add some techniques and exercises to help you cope better, which again, we'll get into shortly. So hold on a second before you run off to anybody and start taking appointments before you self-diagnose, let's let, let's have a conversation. Let me talk to you. And, and again, um, maybe I will help you. Maybe I will truly enlighten you to the fact that, uh, or I will be, have my eyes open like, yeah, you, you were, you were right here. Let's go get you some help. Let's talk to these people. So you got a lot more people self-diagnosing when they shouldn't do that. On the flip side of things, you might have a case of some boy who cried wolf stuff. And I am not saying that is the case with the Christopher Harris situation. Um, as you know, uh, what I've said many times now, I think a lot of crime, a lot of, you know, severe crimes are committed because of a mental health issue or some kind of, uh, desperation that someone has been thrust into uh, because of systemic reasons or things really out of their control. A lot, often, not all. Nothing is ever all. Let's not overgeneralize. Um, and this allows some people who do commit crimes um, to go, oh, I'm, I'm, I have a mental health issue. I, I did it because of X, Y, or Z. And I'm not saying that's the case with what Christopher Harris's mother is saying. But it's certainly possible, um, you know, the old insanity defense on on Law and Order or SVU, where where the uh, prosecutors go, the insanity defense, really, and then we get back into the tit for tat of proving whether or not they were. So I am so delighted that more and more people are addressing their mental health. I am delighted and elated. More people are not stigmatizing it or make funning, making fun or mocking others. Um, for their depression or their inability to get out of bed or to socialize. So thank you for that. And thank you for helping me break that stigma. But it does come with a couple of pitfalls that I just want to put on your radar. I should like, I should love my new car. Doesn't just about everybody love their new vehicle? And this isn't new to me. This wasn't like a desperation purchase. Like your car died and you need anything. This was, this is a a great vehicle. Um, I should like my car. So we're going to come back to that in just one second, the should part of it. And I'm going to give you a coping mechanism to add to your to your quiver, to your arsenal, to beat back negative thoughts. Or as my dad always said, and I made it an acronym, he would say automatic negative thoughts. Um, you know, you, you get a, a mysterious call or an email, we need to talk. And immediately the automatic negative thoughts go, oh my God, it's something awful. No, I just wanted to tell you that your, uh, your credit was good and let's get you this car. Automatic negative thoughts. Ants. The coping mechanism, shortly. Um, I don't love the car. First of all, car buying for me is, I, I enjoy car buying, but getting a new car, I've really, I, I've had a lot of vehicles because I mostly lease. And I don't think I really keep a car for more than like three years. This was about two and a half years. So I have been, if you can get used to having new cars, I can. Just like how, if you can get used to moving, 
I've been able to because I've done it so often. So the thrill of getting a new vehicle has really worn off. It's more of like a, a utility thing. Like I'm just, the lease was about to be out and I'm, I was able to save some bucks and get into a vehicle. So it was just of utility. Um, also, as I suspected, I miss sitting high on the road. I, I really miss that a lot a week into my new vehicle. I've had two Tucsons before that, a Ford Escape, and then before that, a Mazda CX-5 or something. So this is my second Mazda, and I loved sitting up high. And I promised myself I would never get a car, a sedan, not even a sports thing, ever again. And um, I, I obviously did the test drive and the horsepower of the car and some of the features and just the comfort of it. I swapped sitting high for remote start on my app and leather seats, but I've found that leather takes longer to heat up um, and holds cold in the winter longer, um, which is not great. Now, I'm guessing it's the reverse in the summertime as opposed to my, my Tucson, which it felt like I was pooping my pants because the heated seat like within 60 seconds. It's more like six minutes with my Mazda. So there are some things that I dislike about it. I really do miss sitting at a light and sitting higher in a vehicle than somebody. Now I'm looking up at people with all kinds of crossovers and SUVs, and I miss that. And if I push my seat up any higher, my head will be sideways on the roof of the vehicle. So there are some genuine things that I miss. Um, and I think I told you before, I am very fortunate. I can adapt like anybody. Um, I, I've built up my resiliency. I can adapt to almost any situation. It's, it's good and bad, but I like to find it as a, as a very good quality. And at some point I will eventually maybe, if not fall in, in love, I will fall in like with this car and be happy with my purchase. Or maybe I won't, but to go back, um, I was doing this last last summer or so. No, maybe it was like last... Shit, when was it? My dates are all wrong, but it, it drove me back into therapy and I wanted to explore um, DBT. Um, I forget what the D is, but look it up. It, it is a, an evolving form of CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, which are the techniques that I throw at you quite often. Um, I was saying to a therapy friend and even the, the psychologist... Uh, my life is great. I, I have a good job. Um, my friendships are solid. Um, I I should be happier with these things that I have. And my friend Dr. Andre was like, no, 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 no. You know better than this. Take the should statements out of your vocabulary and swap them. And these are all simple mental tricks that you can do to get yourself feeling better. Now, with the caveat of I needed the Cymbalta to really activate these things, these mental health tricks, these Coping tech and te- te- coping techniques that I'll share a couple of in just a, a short moment here. Um, they would work for a short period of time when I would really just trick my brain, but I wouldn't rewire my mind as it needed, as I needed. When I got the Cymbalta, I was like, "Holy shit! Wow! Now I'm really flexing these muscles that I had built long ago with um, things to beat back my anxiety, my depression, or the automatic negative thoughts." So Dr. Andre is like, uh, "You know better than this." Take the should statements out. Um, it would be nice to have to be better in relationships. It would be nice if you're a little bit happier more often. Not I should, because when you do should, you back yourself into a corner, and it usually puts you in a tough space. So give yourself some latitude. And I actually, I, this came from that, but don't. I have to be better at this. Don't be so rigid. Um, you can take a day off at the gym. You can have a setback in your diet. Now, if it becomes a habit, 
you got to reevaluate some things. But don't beat yourself up for you didn't do as well as you'd like to on a work project. Your boss got on you. They're just setbacks. They happen. Um, so don't be so rigid with yourself. Expectations, as we've talked about before, expectations and hope can be absolutely ruthless killers and volcanic igniters of crippling depression. Um, I should like my I should like my new car. Um, I do like it. I and but I'm gonna you know what I will adapt and really enjoy this new car. Or it's very likely I will learn to like this car. So I'm giving myself some latitude, not the I should stuff. So to pair with this, I, I put up a Facebook post the other day because more Dr. Andrea. She said, "Hey, have you seen uh, David Burns has the new book?" And uh, David Burns wrote what I like to call like my psychology bible. His book is almost 40 years old. I dove into it in 2006. I forget who suggested it to me. It's called The Feeling Good Handbook. And it taught me lots of these mental health techniques where I was able to trip up my anxiety and depression. Um, quite honestly, uh, it helped me pull back. It, it, it enabled me to go talk to women um, when in the past... I wouldn't. In situations, I, I would never do it before. Um, and to get over, um, we need to talk kind of communications. It helped me get over those. With um, it, 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 This book helped me learn techniques like, well, fortune telling. It's what we do. I've said before, most of the time your anxiety, like 98% of the time your anxiety is lying uh, to you. What else? Uh, all or nothing thinking, which is kind of like should. You either did or didn't go to the gym. And if you didn't, maybe you feel bad. Well, hold on a second. Did you mind your nutrition for the day? So it's not a complete loss, all or nothing thinking. Um, I learned about immersion or flooding, which I exercised so often. Um, what are you afraid of? Throw, Fling yourself into it. And then you'll find out after you kind of sit through it, that wasn't as bad as my mind was telling me. Um, I talk about the Batman example, uh, Batman Begins. Uh, Bruce Wayne is in the cave. He's petrified. Then he rises up through the bats. There you go. Fear gone. A lot of times when I do school talks, I will bring a kid up. Um, I'll say, I need a volunteer. And usually I pick somebody who hasn't raised their hand because the, the volunteers are usually eager. They don't have the fear of standing in front of people. And then I pick somebody and I bring them up there. And I say, on a scale of 1 to 10, how anxious and frightened are you right now? And they're like, um, a thousand. I'm like, okay, just... Hang out here. You don't have to say anything. I just need you to stand here. We go through like half of the talk. I look over and go, now how anxious are you? And you're like, five. You flooded yourself with what you were afraid of and you overcame a fear or anxiety. So I learned all that from the Feeling Good Handbook. Dr. Um, Andreas said, there's a new one. Okay, looked it up, finally dug into it. It's called Feeling Great. <laughs> um, yeah, don't mess Don't mess with, with what works. So I don't know if I'm going to finish it. But it is helpful, and it and it reviews a lot of the thi- it reviews and adds a little bit onto all these things that I've already learned. And so far for me, what it's what what David Burns, what Doctor Burns goes through over and over and over again is it takes your negative thoughts and makes them do a one eighty. Um, let me give you an example. And also, there's one thing I'm going to give you an example of a lady with stage four lung cancer. So she's dead. She's going to die. My mom had that. And, and like a friend of mine whose mom also had it, and he's like six months. And it was six months my mom was dead. Stage four lung cancer. But somehow, Dr. Burns, and I guess he has recorded a lot of these sessions that you can watch them at feelinggood.com or on YouTube. So he's not making this stuff up. Um, but one thing I disagree with, uh, 
in his construction with these stories, when he's talking to people, people explain their problems. Um, one guy says, I, I just can't create a relationship with my son. Um, what was some of the other ones? It, just all bad things or things that you would think would bad would be bad. And they, Dr. Burns says, if I give you a button to take all these away, would you be happy? Or would that would that satisfy you? And everybody goes, yeah, I want the bad things to go away. He's like, no, 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 no. Um, what I need to give you is a dial to turn down some of these bad feelings or thoughts because then he spin he does the 180 with these thoughts and I'll, I'll show you that in just a moment I disagree with that but maybe I'm just getting really into the weeds here hell yeah we'd like all the bad stuff to go away um, I would still find a way to motivate myself but I would like all the bad to go away that doesn't mean I would lose my motivation so the lady with stage 4 lung cancer some of the negative thoughts she was feeling. And for the first time ever, I am referring to my iPad on, on here on the podcast. I may be a burden on others. I may suffer I may suffer physical pain. There may be no life after death. Are there any more? That's enough. So those are very valid thoughts, right? Those are very valid negative thoughts. I may be a burden on others. I may suffer physical pain. There may be no life after death. These are worries that this woman with stage four lung cancer has, and her dial is at 100% for all of these, and she would obviously like all of those to go away. She'd like to press the button. Dr. Byrne says, ah, let's use the dial. Positive thoughts for I may be a burden. It can be an honor to allow others to help me, just as it's been an honor for me to help others who are struggling. Most people would probably not feel like I'm a burden, but rather someone they care and love deeply. Took a negative thought, spun it around. I may suffer physical pain. I've dealt with physical pain in the past, and I've dealt with it well. I'm blessed to have wonderful medical care. Look, this is super Pollyanna-ish stuff. Like, it doesn't get more pie in the sky than these thoughts. But they are, all, they are as much realities as the negative thoughts are. Last one. There no me. And this is the most Eric answer ever. There may may be no life after death. We are all afraid of death. I'm actually not. I'm more afraid of the dying part. But I do have some curiosity, and this is why I tell people like, don't kill yourself because you don't know where you're going. It's the total. The grass may not be greener thing. Maybe you wind up in hell. I don't know. Nobody knows because nobody's come back. If there's no life after death, there will literally be nothing. There will be nothing to be afraid of because your existence will not happen anymore. Also, if there's life after death, that could be pretty awesome. It might be a wonderful surprise. So taking some negative thoughts and spinning them with a 180 completely positive. Uh, The negative thoughts, I told you this woman with the stage 4 lung cancer was at 100 for all. 100% she was concerned about. She spun the dial for the first one down to 5%, physical pain to 15%, and literally there is no life after death. Something many of us are deeply concerned about and try not to think about. She has gone from 100% concern to 15% concern. And again, Dr. Burns tries to spin these things into these negative thoughts are good things. They motivate us. They show us that we have feeling that we are concerned about ourselves and others. And yeah, the anxiety will tell you that uh, that thing that could be cancer. Um, And the positive thought is one, it's, it's not likely it could be. But this means that you care about your health and you're going to get it looked at. So I hope this has been helpful. And I really think my friend Maj from the health department will be just as helpful in answering some questions about the vaccine, which is closer and closer. And by the way, um, I read something today and I love this blog. It is a, As far as politics is concerned, it's right down the middle. It probably leans toward libertarianism and even a little towards conservatism. But it is just so pragmatic. And I and I. If anything, accuse me of being pragmatic. Um, And the blog said, by July, 
and this goes back to someone that they have believed in and been and they've been quite accurate during all of this. They believe that by July we will really be over the hump because by then so many people will have been vaccinated and or have caught the virus and have the antibodies and some herd immunity will have arisen. Sounds logical and practical to me. If you want the link, I'm happy to share that. You know, you can DMs are always open for anything on this podcast on the show or the show. Let's get to Maj and get some answers uh, for vaccine questions and opioid stuff. All right, I'm back. Perfect. Um, I can hear your clicking. No clicking. Okay, sorry. I was just doing something on my computer. I'm at work still. <laughs> no, well, you should be at work. Is uh, <laughs> is the, what, what's the? I I have like lots of basic questions for you. Okay. Um, what's uh, what's the health department? Uh, what's policies and protocols right now? Or is, is it open? Is it appointment only? Yeah, we're open. You can actually come like right in our front door. Um, and you just have to have a mask on. Most things require an appointment for when you're coming here anyway, but if you need a birth certificate or whatever, you can just walk right in. And, um, we do take your temperature. We bought these like face scanners, (laughs) but they don't work. So we have to do Mm. it with like the thermometer gun, but it works out. (laughs) Face scanner. So you can like copy some of these facial appearance. And that's what it looks like. (laughs) And then, so, uh, Lucas County, Lucas County Health Department is ground zero for cloning Toledoans, right? Yeah, totally. And, you know, with uh, vaccines opening up, we'll give you the uh, microchip, too. I like it. I like (laughs) it. Um, So let's start with let's start with vaccine stuff and then we'll slide over to to opioids um, and and whatever else we can do. uh, What's what's whining with Maj as well? Uh, you failed dry January, I'm thinking, right? So hard. Yeah. yeah well, don't worry. I tried. Yeah, don't, 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 don't. Um, drink your face off February. We'll be here before you know it. You get back to your normal business. Um, all right, so vaccine stuff. It is here. It's in the area. Where are we at? Who can get it? And we'll start with that question. Yeah, so we've been working so hard to get 1A through, um, but this week we start 1B. So I think that's like, what, 80-year-olds and up? Um, And we opened up a whole bunch of more locations where they can get it. Um, We strategically did some hospitals and medical centers, so, you know, in case anyone who might be 80 or over has any sort of bad reaction, they can be quickly addressed um so that was smart but yeah we've been i mean just it's been like a vaccine mill and it's been going great good uh well let me go backwards i I don't think we have many 80 year olds listening but people probably have grandparents or parents or whatever and i it's been quite hard i've kept my eyes out i'm not you know i want the vaccine i'll take it i'll certainly wait my turn and all that stuff so i haven't been really diligent um, as opposed to testing, when I hit you up, um, I was like, hey, I got to get a test. So I don't know um, where can people, what are these hospitals? What are these locations? What's the best way for someone to tell their grandparent to go get uh, a vaccination? What's the easiest way to go about this? So I think a lot of people are super stressed because it's all like very much web-based. Like everyone's like, go to our website, fill out this form. But we have two local resources. So 211 is helping people register and get an appointment. And so is Area Office on Aging. Got so it. if, you know, if you're not able to assist your grandparent, your mom, dad, whoever, um, both of those agencies will, which is really, really great. But um, the last I heard, I was actually talking to one of my coworkers today, and he said he was looking for an appointment for his parents, and there were still some open this week at St. V's. So if you go on our right. website, which is lucascountyhealth.com, um, and kind of navigate to vaccinations, there were a ton of open appointments at St. V's still. So. Okay. 
Good to know. Good yeah. to know. Yeah. Um, and one one B is the next phase of the plan. I think that's like seventy five year olds, if I'm not mistaken. Do you know it offhand? Yeah, so 1B encompasses like um, our, the goal with 1B for Ohio, which is kind of how they've been laying out what their phases are going to look like based on the goals that they want to achieve. So the goal was to be um, back in school for kids. So K through 12 is addressed there. And then to vaccinate our most vulnerable, which is 65 and up. So in order to do that, they've broken it down into four weeks. And I believe it's like 80 and up, 75 and up, 70 and up, and then 65 and up. Yeah. Uh, you and I, well, you work for the health department, but if you were just a, a normal common person like myself, we'd be way down on the list. I was <laughs> yeah. looking at, at different plans and, and that's, and I'd, I'd kind of like to, to pick at a little bit like how poor this rollout has been and obviously it's not your fault it's just there's so many cooks in the kitchen but i was looking uh i was i was looking back home because my dad would like to get the vaccine he's 71 so he's kind of excited to go get it so he can get back to to normal life but um yeah i've i've looked all over and there's there's lots of different plans and and who's rolling these things out and everything. Uh, but yeah, I just wanted to have you on to talk some some basics here. Um, can I throw in a, a couple other questions at you? Yeah, but I do want to add, it's really funny. I work with someone who is from Pittsburgh, so from Pennsylvania, and her gauge, she's like getting such a kick out of this interactive map that shows how vaccinated certain cities are. Oh, that's cool. And so she's like competing against like all of Pennsylvania. Like she keeps zooming in like all day at the clinic on Saturday. She would show me like, look at our color just changed. It's darker than Pittsburgh now. So I just thought that was funny. (laughs) And we can go back to, I don't know, March or April where we had the reverse maps. And I think Mm -hmm. I was, we might've talked at that point where how me and 43615, like my area was like orange or, or red. Like I was in an area that was heavily infected. It's good. I mean, it didn't ever seem like we get here, but we are here. There is something on the horizon with the vaccine where, you know, it was, it was March and April last year where we were seeing how many people may or may not be infected in our area. And now it's the reverse where we're seeing who's getting vaccinated where we live. Yeah, yeah, it's really exciting for us. I mean, we've these are the same people who have worked so hard for like the last, I don't know, whenever March, however many months that was. I feel like we've been saying seven months for so long. It's 10 um, now. But it, yeah, it's more than that now. I, I, when I bring it up, I, when I'm like all this, I'm like, uh, ten, I've been going with 10 months, so. Yeah, yeah. So our sanitarians, our health inspectors are really the people who have been like pulled every which way. So it's just been crazy. Um, Some... I guess these are FAQs, and I have by no means here pegged you as a know-all genius. <laughs> and some people, I don't, nobody's going to listen to this and be like, the lady that Eric had on was an idiot. She doesn't know anything. <laughs> so don't worry about that. I got you covered yeah. here. Um, do we know, Because, and I think these are some common questions, do we know how long this vaccination will last for? I don't think we do. I mean, okay. here's here is my, um, what do you call it when you preface something, my... My disclaimer? Yeah, this is my disclaimer. I am not the um, educational, scientific know-it-all, but I work with them like 40-plus hours a week. So (laughs) I'm just giving you what I've picked up. But no, I don't think that's out yet. And I think that um, this goes into like your questions, that article you sent me earlier, too. We'll come back to that. Yeah, go on. So, um, and and I, I... I, I don't know if like Eric, uh, your your boy, the, the health director, uh, or others. I don't know if we know for sure. And that, and I, I'm getting an echo here. Do you have your earbuds in pretty tightly? 
Yeah, they are. Okay. Yep, all right, all right. Um, it's it's manageable, and hopefully it's not too off-putting for, for listeners. Part of the reasons why we won't have the answers to these questions is because we've never had a vaccine this fast before, and that's what happens when you... Um, I know more people are concerned about, like, is this going to kill me, uh, or, or what are the side effects? Like, we just don't know the answers to a lot of these questions, but I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't throw them at you. Yeah, and um, so I shared an article on Facebook about the different myths, and... The person that I shared that from made a really great point um, about, like, you know, her generation was going through, what, polio? Um, and, and that was a new thing, too, and they had to trust the process. And why is it different now? And what, I mean, obviously, it's a social thing, the reason why it's different now. Um, but we're just doing what we can to try and protect each other. And the science is there. It wasn't rushed by any means. Um, but the technology is there for them to be able to develop this in a quick manner. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's not, you know, effective or going to be great. We just do have to continue to let science do its job to show us where we're going to be at in the next year or five years or whatever it is. If we're talking about things on the internet, like I read yeah. this a couple of weeks ago and it really put it into to, to sync terms or numbers. Any, any problems we could have with the vaccine, if something awful were to happen, and that's very, very unlikely. Um, some people might have allergic reactions. Some people might, might die from it, but those will be a very small amount of people for the amount of people we will ultimately save. So we don't push this number and it very well, it might get to half a million Americans anyway, but anybody that, that could have some adverse, horrible effects from the vaccine, um, that's the cost of lives that we are saving. And you hate to put it in those terms, but that's the scientific reality. Yeah, I hate to put it in those terms because I hate when people say that about COVID. Oh, it doesn't kill that many people. But it's like, it is the the opposite. You know, it's like a moral and ethical thing that we're looking at at this point based on the facts that we know that COVID is so detrimental to someone's body. Yeah. And there are things that we're still discovering about COVID, too. And I don't know why that doesn't scare more people, to be honest. I know. (laughs) Yeah, uh, I just saw something the other day, and again, it was on the internet, and you got one doctor with one opinion, and, and we ju- we're just always finding out new stuff. We've got the, by now we have the basics down with this, and, and how it spreads so easily, so what precautions we have to take, but you might have seen this as well, that some doctor somewhere looked at some co- somebody's COVID lungs, and it was like worse than, what was left over is like worse than a smoker's lungs. Oh my gosh, I, you don't understand, so I had COVID in October, right? Um, and a couple weeks ago, and I'm someone who has a history of asthma. I usually get bronchitis like three or four times a year just because it's a seasonal allergy thing that happens for me. Um, it's just a, a mix of a lot of different things. Well, a couple weeks ago, we went up to Detroit and everything's closed in Michigan. So we're just walking around outside. We were up there maybe six hours and I had a huge asthma attack on that Saturday night. And Sunday I woke up and I could not breathe. And I was so scared that COVID had like done something to my body, which by the way, when I had COVID, I had no respiratory symptoms at all. So I was terrified. I like made my mom go out to the store to get me a pulse ox. And it was reading around like 85. So I was getting really nervous that it was going to get worse. It ended up getting better. Thank God. But oh, gosh. Conversely to to that. And and again, these are just the things that we don't know. Um, You knew that uh, maybe it was one of the first people. But I told you when my brother got it and he got hit by a truck of a fever back in March or April. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, he has had no residual symptoms. 
So we just don't know. It's very erratic. It's hard to pin the thing down. This is why, like you said, we're just doing what we can to keep people as safe as possible. And it sucks um, when people are like, no, I'm not doing it. I don't want the microchips. Yeah, the neurological stuff is so weird, too. Like, this fun thing just started happening to me a couple weeks ago where, like, gasoline and, like, exhaust from cars and certain things just smell so rancid. Mm. Um, and I had a Diet Pepsi today, and I it does not taste the same. Like, it was disgusting. I couldn't even drink all of it. And Diet Pepsi used to be one of my favorite drinks. So yeah. that was really disappointing. <laughs> yeah, we, we just don't know these residual effects. I, I don't know. I, I'm guessing that... Uh, 50 years ago or 80 years ago, people had an inkling that smoking tobacco was a, a bad idea. But obviously, as things dove deeper, we were like, oh, like you, it's very likely you're going to get lung cancer from doing this. Mm -hmm. But you di we didn't know that until time played out and we saw more results and outcomes. Next question. Um, you have gotten, uh, you've gotten both doses. Why if you, and again, you're off the hook. If you know, you don't know the answers to these, you can say Eric will know. Why is it so important to get the second dose? You know what? I don't know what the second dose does. <laughs> That's awful. I thought you were going to hit me with, why are you getting it when you just had COVID? <laughs> no, 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 no. But do, do you want to, we can, we can jump. And again, I know that from what I've read is the second dose is important. I've read some countries and you might've read this as well as they want to just get people the first dose. And if the efficacy is only like 60%, it's better than zero. Um, but I know that the second dose is important and I know Hopefully people have read if they haven't, and you can shed some light on this. Um, the temperature with, at which these vaccinations are kept at is very important. That's why mm -hmm. timing is important, but that's where the second dose comes back around. Do you, when people get their first dose, do you know if they'll have to immediately schedule that second dose? So, okay. So I learned this, and this has like been so helpful because I don't think the news has done a great job covering it. But from my understanding, when, they're, when we are sent a dose, we are sent dose number one and dose number two okay. so that's how we know what's allotted for people so my dose i got the moderna vaccine i got it 28 days ago today and they already had dose number two frozen for me so today when i received dose number two i got i just got the remainder of that um so we're scheduling dose number two on site and in fact we're making it so easy that we're saying same time same place uh either 21 or 28 days from now okay. so it's really great and i've learned so much so i think that the best thing about being able to like have the internet and like what you're talking about you know i read it on the internet is if you're <laughs> kind of questioning all you have to do is sit there and google and you're gonna find something and i've done that so much like i never really knew how a vaccine worked until that like awesome twitter like meme post about you know like you know, I, I think it said something about, you know, the asshole. They're going to recognize that asshole and then they're going to attack it. Like they put it in such layman's terms for yeah. me. And I was like, oh, yeah. OK, cool. My body's badass when it's, you know, reacting to a vaccine. <laughs> I, I think and I may I may be I, maybe I'm little off base here, but you've probably seen this as well. Like there were some doubters saying it's going to rewrite my, my RNA. It's going to re rewrite who I am. Well, yes, it's tell it's rewriting your DNA to protect you from, as you yeah. just said, the asshole, you dummy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it's so funny because it finally clicked with me after that myth article why people think that i was like oh that's why they're saying that but didn't they know that that happens every time they get a vaccine like what do they think's been happening <laughs> no 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 all right um i i want to i know we're all over the place here but i, I think no, this, okay. this is informative do you have any idea of this will be um a yearly shot similar to the flu 
So that's something they don't know yet either because that'll go along the lines of like how long it it lasts. And, right. and I think this kind of goes back to what they know about COVID and like, yeah, when you have antibodies, you're going to be protected, but you don't know how many antibodies you have. And so an antibody test, when you go to Kroger and get it or LabCorp and get it, and it just says, yeah, you have antibodies, there's more that you need to know about those antibodies. So it doesn't really like help you you know, they say, okay, well, up to three months, you're not going to get reinfected. That's just because science in the last 10 months or a year has told us, well, they're not likely to get reinfected within three months. So it kind of goes along that line. So they just kind of have to wait and see. And that's just going to take time. But I also have no problem getting my flu vaccine yearly. So I don't know. Maybe that says something about me. <laughs> Good, um, hopefully. I, I, I've i been on and off with the flu vaccine. I, I And you can yell at me for that, but quite honestly like i i've had like the real flu like influenza uh once a couple of years ago and it was it was awful everything else i, I like a lot of people get like one seasonal cold and it's you know maybe a quick fever but then all the usual the other symptoms is maybe some aches but eventually it's gone so i usually don't get it um maybe i should and i, I i'm not averse to it it's just like with me with a lot of other things i'm lazy um well i've never had the flu so I don't really know, but Good. I've also always gotten the flu shot. So <laughs> okay, um, and and may, may, again, this could be a, a myth or a fact, and maybe we just don't know yet because not enough people are vaccinated. I also I think with the flu shot, it doesn't necessarily protect you from getting the flu. It just lessens the length that you might have to deal with it and its severity as well. Yeah, they try to. It's the same with COVID. I mean, that's exactly what the COVID vaccine is doing. It's not going to protect you necessarily from getting it, but it's going to lessen the severity. So um, that's why they say, you know, it's it's 95 percent effective. So you're going to protect your body in that way. But I mean, with the flu shot, too, we do want to protect our most vulnerable population. That's why you see a lot of older people getting it or older people in the advertisements to get it. Right. Um, so but uh, of course, you know, we should protect whoever yeah. needs protected from it. With, with that, with not knowing whether it will be a uh, uh, a yearly thing, I, I had no idea. A friend not that long ago said, do you, do you know like how the flu came about? I was like, I don't know, the dark ages and rats. He's like, no. And you help me out here if I'm if I'm off. He's like, no, chickens in the uh, early 20th century, and now it's here to stay because it's just, you know, we we can't defeat it, and that's why we have the flu shot. Yeah, and there's so many different strains too. Like they'll take the most popular, and that'll be the shot that you get that year. So it changes. That's kind of like how we go into this coronavirus vaccine is like it changes. They have the they have the um, science. I'm, I'm having like a brain fart. Um, they have the technology to just say like, OK, this is the base of the vaccine. What do we need to make it be effective towards this specific thing? I want to come back to the strains in one second, but for my ignorance, I, I had no idea why I had to get an annual flu shot. I'm like, it's the flu. And then it was explained to me that the flu mutates every year, and that's why we're advised to get a flu shot. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, some people have also asked them, so this is a pretty, pretty common question, not, uh, not in myth or doubt at all, but uh, we've now seen several strains. The one that came from the UK or South Africa, it's been in a handful of states here, and we've just been told it's not more severe, it's just more contagious. Does this vaccine protect against the, the mutating strains of COVID? Yeah, from what I've read and from what I've heard um, throughout the health department, that it will be effective towards that too. Okay. And I'm not sure, like the if there's a, a comparison 
comparison between how effective. Um, but I know that that's I've I've overheard discussions about that too. Okay, um, we've talked about where to find uh, the shots. Uh, just go on the website. You said you can dial two one one as well, right? Yeah, yeah, you can dial two on one and there are it's so great that they're helping us because I mean, so so my phone number is one number off from the COVID hotline. Oh, and fun, fun thing. I, I really tried to step up and help a lot with uh, the one a organization. So any, you know, congregate care facilities or adult facilities, um, I had suggested, you know, it's a real pain in the butt to call all these people. Could we send out a letter? And they were like, well, can your name be on the letter? And I said, um, sure. Um, and that letter has been passed around quite a bit in Lucas County now. Oh so I I come to my desk and I've got like five or six phone calls of my friend told me to call you. And I'm like, oh, look at that. Okay. <laughs> I'll help. Um, it, this is a question of mine and insurers had to figure it all out. Um, everything under my insurance plan is covered at 100% for at least for testing. And I, Mercy still keeps billing me. Um, is there a cost for this shot? Do we know anything no. about that? No, it's covered. It's covered by the government, I think. We don't even take your insurance card. We really don't even do much. We do check your ID. That's what you need out when you sure. come. Um, but other than that, you know, we provide the paperwork for you on site. We'll have you fill it out. We'll have you do a screening, how you're feeling that day, um, and give us a little bit of information about you. Like, have you had a reaction to a vaccine before in the past? Are you allergic to any medications? That type of thing. Okay. Um, but really, it's like minimal. minimal. We're not even... You know, I mean, we don't really require any notes from your organization saying you're an essential employee or anything like that. So, yeah, uh, there's somebody that I know who uh, who lied to get the shot. And I wasn't like I I appreciate your vigor to want to get vaccinated. But come on now. I mean, that could have been somebody else's and it didn't thrill me. It doesn't surprise me. Um, I've like I watched that happen. We watched kind of like a. They try to bamboozle us a little bit. I think that at this point, we would not recommend that you do this. It yeah. makes you a really shitty person and karma is going to catch up with you. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we'd rather also not have a huge argument with the public in front of a whole bunch of vaccination, you know, patients. So uh, it was it was an interesting thing. She uh, she came in for a facility in 1A and then she asked me if she could take paperwork home for her two parents. And I said, oh, um, can't they just print it? it? It's available online. She said, no, they don't have a printer. Can I just take it for the next time? Well, she ended up going, filling it out. And next thing I know, she's wheeling her parents up. Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you can't, you can't do that. She's like, I can do this today. You're, you're <laughs> okay. right. Like, it's great. It's great karma for humanity to protect others but it's bad personal stuff when you're lying when somebody else might need it more and it's like i know you're not a mental health professional you run the kiosk at the mall oh gosh that's awful that was an example by the way <laughs> yeah. um, to the shot itself again i get that this is going to vary uh but anything you can throw at us uh, what you've heard anecdotally about side effects or anything like that yeah, it's so crazy. Everyone I know that has gotten it, they've all been okay. I want to make that 100% clear. Um, my sister-in-law, she had um, kind of kind of an allergic reaction to it in a way where um, she just had her, her legs were a little itchy. Um, right. I hope she doesn't mind me saying this. I don't think she'll listen to it. But um, so she kind of had a little bit of an allergy reaction, but I would say that's probably like the most uncomfortable. Um, but... 
I mean, I I had like the sorest arm I've ever had from a vaccine, to be completely honest. But I was being a huge baby about it too. And it's already sore today. So I got mine at what, I don't know, 10 a.m. this morning. And I'm already feeling a little bit sore. The one time I, I, I recall getting a flu shot, and, and I don't want you to think I'm a terrible person. I probably got it more than that. But <laughs> I do remember that I felt like I got punched in the arm. Mm-hmm. That's how it so. feels. And for those that haven't come across this in their reading on the internet, uh, if you do have any kind of side effects, it, it usually means that the vaccine is doing what it's supposed to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just protecting your body. And it's noticing that something is in there that it doesn't recognize and it's kind of building up immunity and you can feel it. Um, but a, a lot of people have had, um, you know, reports of like chills, aches. Um, my sister is a nurse up in Detroit. She had a pretty high fever after the second one, um, but it all cleared up in about 24 hours. But I do want to like just reiterate that that is way better than any reaction from COVID. Like, I promise you it'll be better than having COVID. Right. Uh, you want to have chills, hives, an allergic reaction, or do you want to potentially die or pass it on to someone who could die? I mean, we had, again, we, you see me saying this, but for the last 10 months, we've, the plague, the pandemic has brought short-sightedness, uh, just ignorance and, and a lot of selfishness. Like, just like we wear a mask for other people, we get the vaccine to protect, yeah, ourselves, but other people as well. Oh, gosh, so selfish. Um, I haven't seen this. I unfortunately misread someone's Facebook post the other day and felt like a real dumbass. But <laughs> I left uh, I left a comment up. So if people want to call me an idiot, that's totally fine. And we'll, we'll take this and go into myths. There are a lot of people out there who are like, no, I'm not getting the flu shot because it gives you the flu, which is not correct at all. If anything, I think it gives you dead strains of the flu, and that's what helps you fight it off. Has there been anybody that's like, I'm not taking the COVID vaccine because I heard it will give me COVID? Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. I mean, tons <laughs> of people think that. And there have been several reports of people having COVID after getting the vaccine, but like they were exposed around the same time. So or they were exposed before they got the vaccine and then they developed symptoms, you know, five days after or whatever. Um, so that probably didn't. <laughs> you know, do great for, for that myth. But no, it's, it's just the vaccine is helping you, um, your body identify the protein that's attached to COVID, which is going to be enough for your body to recognize th that virus specifically and fight against it. So it's not even part of COVID that the vaccine has in it. It's literally just instructions on how to identify a piece of COVID. Next up, um, uh, give me another myth that you have come across. I don't care how zany uh, it's been. I would like to hear it. Oh, my gosh. my Well, my favorite's just like the microchip in general. Oh, I, I just think that's so crazy. But also, we had this lady come after she was done, uh, you know, waiting. They have you wait 15 minutes after your vaccine just to make sure you're okay. And she's walking out and she was kind of giving our um, employees shit. She's like, where's the vac? Did I get the one with the vaccine? When do I when do I uh, develop superpowers? You know, oh, dear. what's my microchip going to tell me? And like she was being funny, but the she was doing it to the wrong person. Right. And so his reaction was like, like it's like he couldn't tell if she was serious or not i'm just watching it all unfold cracking up because i know i know how this is going down but it was it was pretty good <laughs> any any other myths that people have uh thrown out that they actually believed uh, about anything about the vaccine um hmm. 
I think that article covered a lot of really good ones. I honestly don't remember what all was on there, but I have been asked almost every single one of those questions. And I think that I, I do want to say questions within like, you know, <laughs> a, a parameter are never stupid, never silly. I really liked all of those questions for that reason. I'm trying to get back to it with, by silently clicking. For, the, um, for those that don't know, this is something you posted on your Facebook page, right? Yeah, so you did, you covered you can get COVID from the vaccine, changing your DNA, the infertility one, you know. Oh, that's a really, good one. That was a good one because they're still working on that research. But the cool thing, I have so many friends. I have like five different friends who are participating in the vaccination breastfeed study. Okay. Which, I mean, you always talk about Bethany. So maybe maybe that might be something she wants to do when she's able to get the vaccine. Sure. And there's a link to sign up to participate for it, too. So I'll have to send that your way to see if she would be interested. And you've got me on the list. Not that I would check any boxes, but, you know, like, I'm, like inject me, use me for science. So, yeah. Um, you can bring your press with you when you... Uh, when you come get it. My press? Yeah. Some paparazzi or something. Oh, that know. doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. <laughs> um, okay, so unless there's anything else you want to throw out there, and if you could give me that article, I'll make sure it's it's in the link for this podcast here if people want to check it out to make sure we've covered everything that we need to. A very casual, conv- very casual COVID vaccination discussion here. But what I sent you today... Um, I'm gonna. I'll give the review real fast, and I, I put it a couple of different places. Uh, a blog that I really enjoy, and it's really right down the middle politically. It's very pragmatic. That's why I enjoy it. The people that they, the person, uh, an Asian person, who they have followed for great insight through all of this, believes that by July. We're going to be good to go for a couple of different reasons. By that point, we're going to have a lot of people vaccinated, and you're also going to have a lot of infected people, you know, ones that haven't died. Unfortunately, by that point, we're going to have like half a million dead Americans, which is awful. But at that point, with people having gotten it and have some antibodies and vaccinated, we're going to have some kind of herd immunity. And July seems like a safe bet. And maybe you can weave in some of Eric's thoughts with that as well. I don't even know if Eric stepped up to talk about this, but it disturbed like that article kind of disturbed me in a way talking about what we have to go through as a society to get to herd immunity. And it made me have these like thoughts of just like the numbers of deaths associated with COVID. Like, what is that number going to be at July? Like that freaks me out so much. We're definitely hitting half a million. Yeah. And, and I mean, we're going to hit it quick. That's, that's a sad thing. And then to think too, like, okay, so what happens? We know antibodies don't stay in your body. So herd immunity, what's that even going to mean when everyone who had COVID last year around the same time no longer has antibodies? So are they going in for round two? Are there going to be more deaths during round two of like being infected the second time for certain people? That's, and it just all makes me Cringy. And again, this is all part of the uncertainty, but I thought that that was a reasonable projection with the information that we have. And just to throw this out there, who knows if you get it a second time after your antibodies have worn off, is it worse? Is it, is it, is it, uh, is it not as lethal or severe? So we still have a lot of questions, but July seemed Mm -hmm. safe. And this article also talked about, um, I like the, again, why I like the pragmatism of it. Um, for the obvious reasons, today being Inauguration Day, for the obvious reasons, uh, our ability to get this as under control as we could as a novel uh, virus was a calamity. 
um, on multiple levels of, of government and beyond, and now rolling out the vaccine. And I'm not putting any of this blame on, on you or Eric or the, the health department by any means, because everybody's got a hand in this. Um, this has been a disaster, like from identifying it and keeping people safe. And now the, the vaccination rollout, I don't know if you dug in, but um, it says that like Israel has been magnificent at vaccinating 30% of their population, obviously a lot less people, but our entire approach to COVID as a country has been disgusting and obviously deadly. Yeah. I mean, it's so crazy it, to me. All of this is so insane. And that's one of the things too, is like in July, what popular, so what population doesn't care right now? Because it's probably a high number of people. Have you ever paid um, espionage on Jackbox? <laughs> I, I do. I don't remember that one specifically. Okay. It's the one where you have to like guess the percentage of certain things. Oh, and this, yeah, yeah, it reminds yeah. me of this. But like what percentage doesn't care now? And what percentage is not going to care in July when they know that people have been vaccinated? It's warm outside. They can be outside. Like I think that's going to be in play there too. So. And this is not all government's fault. I mean, I guess no. ultima- ultimately it does fall at the feet of whoever you would choose to blame with that because it's always the messaging. But the messaging from the outset was, ah, it's not a not a big deal. And and that dug a lot of people's heels in. And those people have allowed, you know, this. I, again, I, I know you know the story of my friend's dad who literally just dropped dead from COVID because of a, a blood clot. I put... Um, I put blame on people who dug their heels in that this is a hoax or I'm not worried about it because you you refuse to believe and 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 you were lethal to others potentially. So. It's so rude and so insensitive and sensitive to say like they're not worried about it because if they're not the one affected like that whole process and lack of empathy is so awful. But you also have to think of how this has come down the pipelines. Like, there is a vaccine supplier. Where do they go? They go out to all the states. So then the states have to disseminate them to the local levels. And they want one person in each count. We have a county system going on here to be the person who's identified providers. It's a, it is a mess. And think of, like, a small place like Monroe, Michigan. So Monroe County, they don't have a ton of resources. That's where I'm from. My parents have been trying to get a vaccine seen a handful of their friends have been lucky in getting an appointment but there's only one place in that whole county that they can do vaccination distribution because they have like a handful of employees who can do it you know so they have to heavily rely on volunteers of nurses so that's what we've done too in lucas county is called in volunteers of, of nurses who are willing to help us vaccinate help us go out to clinics and be present for this so when we are able to do like widespread vaccination clinics across the counties we have the resource and the manpower to actually be giving out those vaccinations. It's a big country. There's 330 million people here. There yeah. are a lot of people in government representing those people. And, and again, it's like too many chefs in the kitchen, but it is hard to align all those people. But I, from A to F, I, I would say that we have a, a C, a C maybe at best. And if we're doing pass fail for COVID from the, um, from the, the, beginning of the virus to vaccination and even moving forward we, we certainly get a failing grade and everybody's got to work together government um individuals to to get it back on the right page so that number doesn't creep too much past five hundred thousand. and so this isn't as much a part of our life moving forward as it could be if people are still going to be selfish mm-hmm. well um, c's get degrees so what's that <laughs> i said c's get degrees so <laughs> yeah we know what c's kill people when it comes to pandemics <laughs> all right good point um let me do a quick i gotta do a quick traffic report um okay. i'm sure you love those on the podcast and then we'll go over to opioids okay 
All right, so let me click a couple of buttons here, and we will swing over to the second part of our discussion. You still have a, a couple of minutes, right? Oh yeah, I've got all, all day the time in the world, all day. <laughs> um, I think you and I did some discussing maybe over the summertime or in the fall, and I had seen some things that said it seems like. Uh, the opioid epidemic, while still bad, is not necessarily raging as it had been um, completely out of control. And we don't really know if that was for sure because the data is always behind. But we all, anybody with any common sense, knew that the pandemic was going to have, outside of all the dead Americans, a lot of collateral damage. Um, people lost jobs, their livelihoods, and they fall into old habits or fall into habits. And a lot of that is, is um, you know, all kinds of abuse. And it looks like from the latest data that you've got, and, and we're back in a bad spot when it comes to opioid uh, abuse here in, in Lucas County, right? Um, so the problem has kind of shifted, I would say. Um, right. and, and that's kind of how I would describe it. So when we talked last, when we we spoke last, we were kind of seeing some trends like overdoses were on the upswing. Um, and so the cool thing about my job is that I, I can actually control how fast I get data. Now, of course, the coroner um, office for any given overdose death and for any given death, toxicology can take up to six months. It can right. take that long, but sometimes it can take a couple days depending on the case or, or the circumstances. And so sometimes I can go in and I can view things way earlier. Um, and I've partnered with the coroner's office really well, and I'm so thankful for that. They've been really receptive to any request I send them. So they've actually been able to give me like names of decedents that I can then go into their system and start looking up before toxicology is done or maybe toxicology is done, um, but the case is still pending. So it's been really great. I've also partnered with uh, TPD Vice to do that too because they kind of investigate some things. So what I'm seeing now when I'm looking at the overdoses, um, especially recent, is the problem isn't like an opioid problem. So I don't want people to get opioids stuck in their head as in like, okay, so I don't use opioids, I'm safe. But the problem is fentanyl. And fentanyl is a okay. synthetic opioid, but it's not what we would say, you know, we wouldn't say opioids, we would say fentanyl, I guess. Um, so the problem is fentanyl. And so we're seeing a lot of people who buy um, whatever substance they want to use from the streets. And I'm not even just talking about heroin or cocaine. I'm talking about your Percocets that you would buy from a dealer, um, Oxy that you would buy from a dealer, even as far as like party drugs, like MDMA, Molly. I've seen deaths over the summer in Lucas County that included fentanyl in Molly. So and that's how bad it's getting. Is the fentanyl by dealers, is, is that like kind of like filler for these drugs? And, and they it's just the business like if they stuff some fentanyl in there they get to hold some some of the drug back and cre can create more of it to sell fentanyl is cheap so it could be a filler it also could create a whole new product for people so especially people who like stimulants like maybe cocaine is their drug of choice um and they've been pretty bored on cocaine and then now they have this new cocaine um they don't know what's in it to make it new but they just know that whatever that feeling was they liked um, now they are hooked on a new product that includes fentanyl. Maybe they know it, maybe they don't. Um, but fentanyl is also super unreliable. So the amount of what is in a product is unreliable to the dealer and to the user. So Got it. 
for instance, like um, we'll see someone who is seeking out pure fentanyl or not pure fentanyl, but something with fentanyl in it. But now all of a sudden they're hit with a load that they were not expecting. And now they are overdosing. Dead. Probably. Um, yeah. Because I, I see what you're saying now, the difference between <clears throat> heroin and heroin with, with fentanyl. And I, I knew that uh, fentanyl was a serious problem, but it was never so concise to me until I saw a, uh, I think it was a Chicago Med episode and some patient came into their ER with fentanyl and it was like, I, I don't know drug terms like dime bag and all that stuff, but mm-hmm. they maybe had like a teaspoon in a bag, a little bag of fentanyl and they had to evacuate the entire hospital because like, I guess that little amount can, can poison an entire like community. All right, that's a little dramatic. I think okay. that's playing into some negative oh, stigma. Uh, uh, okay, all right, well, <laughs> but... then, then clear it up. <laughs> well, you know, I think that it, it all just comes down to, you know, I think that that's, that is like uh, an idea that like um, law enforcement has too, okay. for some reason. I've heard I've heard that before, you know, and, and they'll say like, oh gosh, we need, we need to carry an arcane for our officers because if they touch, if they touch these people, they're going to go down. But that's not the case. Like it needs to be in your bloodstream. It needs to be inside of your system, inside Good of your body. Good to um, know. Um, so... So, you know, and that's kind of why what we're doing at the health department right now is we're really focusing on changing the words that we use because the problem is so, so widespread that we want any person who knows of someone who uses any type of substance. So I know that there's a ton of negative stigma in this. We want to go back to your friend who just is at a party vibing and you're like, well, I know that they're not on alcohol. I know that they're not doing marijuana. They're doing something else. That person's at risk of an overdose. You don't think bad about that person necessarily. You love them. They're your friend. So we want to make sure that people are arming themselves um, to be able to save a life if they ever need to. Because the reality is you don't know what you're buying. You're never going to be 100% sure. You could trust your dealer. You could trust that person with your life. Um, but they might not know what they're buying. And it's yeah. it's not a malicious thing. No one wants anyone to die. I'm sure they don't want the cops doing some digging on them but well, if, we if just want people oh, if your on. users die that's business it is and it's bad business because yeah. now all of a sudden you have to worry because if they've got their phone you know um unfortunately the way it is 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 you could be liable for that and so we just have been trying to really push out messaging that's like check on your friends check on your family members um carry narcan or have narcan it's free here we're the training is literally like five minutes, if that. Um, it's so easy to to learn how to use and to have. And then if you are someone who uses substances, we recommend that you test anything that you are going to use. And we have fentanyl test strips available and anonymously available at our um, NOS clinic, which we have four of those a week. We just opened a fourth site at Unison, so that's awesome. Excellent. Yeah. So uh, if I'm, if <clears throat> tell me if I'm wrong here uh, to to tie all this up. So it's not necessarily a heroin thing, but uh, it, it would appear that uh, deaths are, are up from abuse of fentanyl and, and other things, but we're not so sure if that can be connected to the pandemic. It could just be, there's no correlation and causation here because we don't have enough time to zoom out, but we're not in as good a place as we would like to be when it comes to saving lives and people dying from these drugs. I think it's definitely connected to the pandemic because people okay. used to be using in, you know, like when they were with their friends or when they were with 
um, in public places where they could be outside of the house. They didn't want to do it inside the house because maybe their roommates would know or maybe they live with their parents so they would go somewhere else and use. But now they're using at home. Um, they're overdosing at home. They're dying at home. And that's really disturbing because, you know, especially when it comes to that isolation that the pandemic's caused, um, right. it's causing them to, you know, people aren't checking up on people as much anymore. They're not stopping by to say, hey, um, Maybe they're not even like reaching out with for a text message or a call. I know that's lacked for me severely in the last couple of months. I like, I there's a friend who she lives in Canada that I have. I can't see her. Obviously, the border isn't open for travel. Um, and I used to catch up with her once a week before, and now it's like months in between. Because everybody, so. everybody's got their own problems. People who weren't inundated with problems of their own whether it's family or dealing with school yeah. or their job, they've got to focus on themselves and they don't have time to be the friends that they once were. And that's why all of this was very predictable. And that's why it's important to talk about, yes, COVID is directly going to kill X amount of people, but yeah. uh, collateral damage will be all of this stuff. And you have to think, like, why do people ultimately use drugs? Like, people use drugs because they value pain management. So maybe they're feeling some sort of physical pain, but maybe they're experiencing some sort of trauma or mental pain, and they're using drugs to cover that up and to deal with that. Um, and what is COVID doing? It's messing with all of our mental health. So that's you're just going to naturally see a rise in in that and and we're seeing a lot of people relapse right now too and this is so important especially with like going back to what alex does um you know her her center is for people who are on the brink of a crisis about to experience that and it could really help people who are about to relapse and prevent them from not it gives them a safe place to go that's away from whatever is causing that so i've really been trying to connect people with alex lately because i just think that's such a beautiful resource that we don't really get a lot of information on naturally in our community so yeah yeah it's uh it's i i can't believe that she isn't busier than she already is and people aren't always going in and out of there but again things get stuck in red tape and bureaucracy but that's why um i always want to talk about that place yeah. when we can that's um awesome. and I, to, to support your point i am always asking my friends who work in the mental health field whether it's social workers or counselors or therapists and they're like we're packed like good booking out three months well it, it's not good it's good and bad, like so many yeah. things. It's bad. It's good that people are addressing their mental health. They know that they're in a bad place. It's bad that a lot of people can't get into people who I send them to because they're so backed up with so many patients. Like It's like, um, what is it? Like You can never, it's really impossible to get into a dermatologist, right? Like you're, you got to schedule six months out. Right. So I actually just found a new therapist and I was going to say psychology today has is a great resource if anyone has ever like um, struggled with even where to start to look for one because you can narrow it down and get so specific whether you want a male or a female and what what things you want to talk about and focus on with that person and then you can even go to like okay well I have this type of insurance who covers it if that's something that makes a huge difference to you um, and so what I've found myself doing more and more lately is just like talking about the fact that I see a therapist to normalize it so much within the people around me who I can have some sort of assumption that maybe they need to talk to someone, especially my family's been going through some stuff lately and they're kind of like old school when it comes to therapy. Uh, you know, every time I say, oh yeah, I saw my therapist, my mom's first question is like, 
well, did you talk about me? <laughs> so, so it's been, I'm, thankfully it was easy for me, but yeah, I good. can, I can see how that was. I did have to call like two places, but I still had the means to stay patient and, and find what fits for me. Yeah, I have. I've always tried to send people to my my therapist, but and I, I just had a coffee with him the other day. I was, and I was like, oh, nice. Well, we have a friendship now, so um, that's great. Yeah, yeah, it's it's it is great that there's no other way to put it. I said I shouldn't send anybody to you, right? Like, don't even ask. He's like, I'm I'm booked way out, and it was never like that before. So again, good and bad. Mm-hmm. People are going through some really rough times. Um, they're addressing their mental health, but there might be a bit of a of a weight involved. So. It was so funny. So my best friend um, is the one who recommended this therapist office to me. Um, and so she's been seeing one of the people there for a while now, and she just adores her. And she's like, I'll see if um, this person can recommend someone for you. And I was so happy that she didn't suggest seeing the same therapy therapist because we are best friends to the point where I'm sure we both will bitch about each other. Right. Um, and no therapist needs that. But also, I got really nervous because her therapist is totally like blonde, bombshell, Barbie type. And I was like, oh, whoever, I don't know. If it's, if this is like a good friend, I don't know if I'll vibe with her. Oh my gosh, my therapist is the opposite. She's like covered in tattoos. She's got like women's rights stickers and Black Lives Matter stickers on her laptop. I was like, oh, this is the place. This is I, exactly where I wanted to be. <laughs> I would love to meet her therapist. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, thanks for would all you? this. Yeah, yes, I would. Yes, I would. Um, that's very much my type. Well, thanks for all the time today. I think I, I think people are going to find this helpful and informative. And, and by no means was this meant to be like a deeply professional conversation like one with Eric. This was just a casual conversation to, to dispel some myths, but also pass along the information that we do have, which, again, we don't have all of it right now, and we're and, and everybody's doing not everybody's doing the best that they can, or maybe they are. They just shouldn't be in those positions. But I think yeah. and I hope that we are. Uh, while we're poorly graded on how we've managed this pandemic, we're closer to the end than the beginning, and it might be with us for a long time. But we're we're in a good direction right now. Yeah, I think so too. And I think the biggest thing with that is just like if you're sitting there questioning any of these myths that we did kind of like briefly and unprofessionally go over, um, seek out the resource, the information for yourself and the answers for yourself and then consider like the sources too. I know people always say that, but you wouldn't imagine how many nurses I've seen who say like, I'm a nurse and I'm not getting this. And then I go look and they're like, it's they're barely a nurse, you know, they're working somewhere that is so far off the map in this profession. I'm like, it's irresponsible of you to even start that with I'm a nurse. Yeah. So it's been interesting. But I mean, just take into consideration that information. Choose for yourself because it's not going to prevent the spread of it. You can still possibly spread it, but it is going to keep you alive. One last so. thing when you're talking about like going to the source, I compare <laughs> it to like when when, I, when we were little kids and um I don't know. We have an age difference here. But when you were a little kid in school or, or, or you asked your parents or your teacher, like, hey, how do I spell this? What did they tell you to do? Look it up in the dictionary. Right. Which even when I was like nine years old, I'm like, if I don't know how to spell it, how am I going to find it in the dictionary? Yeah. So similar to this, and I don't think we have this problem with people listening to this podcast, but there are people who they're like in the gray area. They're like, mm-hmm. hey, I heard this. And like, I want to make sure that I'm not going to get a sixth toe. Like I read that I'm going to get a sixth toe from the COVID vaccine. And then you say, well, did you consider the source? And they're like, you know what? I didn't, but let me go look this up some other places. 
and they're going to go look an idiot place and be like, my God, I am going to get a sixth toe. So Okay. You know what? The people who are going to get a sixth toe are the people not getting vaccinated, hanging out on Lake Erie all summer. So Fair, fair enough. That's who's going to get a sixth toe. <laughs> but like, to the point of what we heard for a long time now, like you only know what you know. And if you're going bad places for information, you're not all of a sudden going to have an enlightenment and go to the right places to get the right information. And it's all how you use it, too. So it's it, it's a challenge. And again, that's why we are here where we are, where it's so hard to convince people what we're like the health department. Like this is the pinnacle of good information. It's not some Internet that ends in like dot Trump. Um, right. That, right. That, that is going to send you down the, a horrible path of, of prolonging all of this. And ultimately, too, like if you decide that the vaccination is not for you, then you have to realize that that means that you need to continue you need to continue taking the precautions of wearing a mask and social distancing and take at least take that serious because it's all about that is about the health of others you know like okay great your mom got it so she's going to be protected from you like and and that's kind of how it works so it's just like you still need to do the work yeah i know i can't trust those people those are the people who are still being forced to wear masks by businesses and employers and 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 just society so whatever yeah forced held down <laughs> yeah all right um thanks for for all this and um we'll talk soon you can go now listen to your own podcast oh i love that you know what whenever i listen to your podcast too i'm like in the car conversing with you guys like bringing up that's why you'll get a text from me at like 6 a.m that's like and you missed this point or like this is how i feel about it because i wanted to weigh in (laughs) yeah that's the only downside to to podcasts because i i've long been a listener of them and now it's great to do them every day that's the only downside that i i miss from doing like as opposed to a radio show where people are in real time and they can call in and offer perspective and whatever they want to throw into the conversation. And you can't do that on podcasts uh, um, mm-hmm. until it's like what you said, where you're tweeting somebody. Because I'll listen to somebody doing a basketball podcast, and I want to go tweet them a thought. And it's and they're confused because there's a time difference, and it's like maybe they've moved on. Mm-hmm. But um, still, for, <laughs> yeah, yeah that, that's why I have to like stop myself from tweeting an opinion to somebody who might have cut a podcast three days ago. Like, they're on to four issues later by now. <laughs> well, you're always going to get my thoughts. Sorry, Eric. <laughs> good, 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 good. And uh, slip me that therapist number. I'll make an appointment. Okay. <laughs> all right. Thanks for all this. I appreciate it. Yeah. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.